Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Kitchen Table. I'm Justin White. Sitting across from me is Josh Winter. We are your amateur podcasters this afternoon. We're bringing to you episode two of The Kitchen Table. We're calling this one the public service announcement. Um, we had a discussion with uh, Deputy Chief Steve Dubay uh, relating to health-related issues. Um, he recently came across an issue he had medically he went to his, his annual physical and and came up as having high blood pressure so he wanted to tell the story and, and remind people uh, that it's important to go get your your annual physical and I know Josh you had some issues in the past um, again with high blood pressure and did you find that during an, an annual physical I did yeah it's so mine well not necessarily an annual physical, but I went in for my CDL medical physical. And it was Dan Vaught at the time who did it. And he took my blood pressure and he checks it and his eyes get big and he looks at me and he goes, let me see your other arm. And I'm just going, okay. And he checks my blood pressure on my other arm and he looks at me again and he goes, you, your blood pressure is 160 over 100 right now. And I'm like, no way. You know, I felt fine, nothing seemed wrong, um, but similar experience as to what, you know, kind of Chief, Chief DeBay talks about here, um, where it really opened my eyes to some things that I probably wouldn't have known about. And that one medical physical that I went in for kind of changed the path of my life for a little while and made me make some lifestyle changes. So I think that's why this one is a really important one to me as well. When I hear somebody at the top of our organization that is open to, you know, talking about himself and his own health and, and what he's going through. I mean, it's, it's, it, you know, it just shows you it can happen to anybody, whether it's a new firefighter or, you know, the top of our department. So mm -hmm. it's a really great conversation for us to have. Yeah, and I'm, I'm very much guilty of this, of just saying, you know, I'll hide it, I'll minimize it. I don't want to show any weakness. I don't want to show the chink in the armor. So I'd, I'd much rather not deal with it or deny that it's happening rather than, you know, come out and say, and I think it took a lot of courage for him to come out and say, hey, in front of, you know, the whole organization, like, look what happened to me. This can happen to you as well. And it, it could have dire consequences. I mean, that's, uh, he mentions in the, even in the, in the interview that, you know, it's the silent killer. And you just said that you didn't feel anything and your blood pressure was significantly higher than what he, he's mentions in, in the interview. And so that can lead to stroke and that can lead to heart attack, which is common killers for firefighters just because of the positions we're in. So I, I think and applaud Chief Dubay for coming on the on the broadcast and being willing to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. The the one other thing I would add to that is the either hiding the chink in the armor. It could be that, but the other side of that too is I think that we are so busy and we are such doers that a lot of times we put aside the fact that we're tired or that we don't feel good and go yeah, it doesn't matter that I don't feel good. It doesn't matter that I'm tired. I have a job to do and I'm going to do that job, mm -hmm. you know, whatever the consequences are. 
And so this is a really good opportunity for us to take that information and really know when to listen to our body and say something something is not right and I need to get my blood pressure checked or I need to go get a physical. So, Yeah, and if you don't do it for yourself, do it for your family members, do it for the people around you, do it for your teammates uh, in the fire station because a healthy you is better than a not healthy you. That's that, that's very true. You know, yeah, do it for your do it for your coworkers. I mean, I don't want to be the one to have to get drug and drug out of a structure fire because I had some kind of a medical emergency and the crew had to pull me out. I mean, they probably wouldn't have that hard of a time doing it because I'm very lightweight right now. <laughs> right now, <laughs> right now, in right general, now. yes. Um, yeah, but now we won't we won't get into the uh, the I've got fat Josh stories too from like back in the day when I was working at Eights and and I know Chief Dumay mentions this about you know putting on weight and that's always been something difficult for me but the time that I did have high blood pressure my weight had gone up by thirty pounds and I didn't realize it uh, when I go back and look at pictures of myself then I carried that weight in my face so you could see it sure um, but it, it was around that same time that that did play a significant role in why I had blood, high blood pressure is because I was working at a, as a at a busy station um, I was not watching what I was eating I was not eating healthy and I was not doing the type of workouts that I needed to and putting on the weight and adding that 30 pounds really uh, played uh, a, a huge role in what my problem was at the time. Yeah, and past podcasts, I say past podcasts were episode two, right? So our last podcast in resiliency, <laughs> you mentioned uh, resiliency and being resilient doesn't have to be a death sentence. Yeah. Well, neither does having a medical issue either. It can be if you let it be, you know, run un- untreated but it can be a life sentence as well because you get it treated and it's some simple medication or maybe not a change in medication or not a medication, but a change in lifestyle that can allow you to get healthy again and live a longer, health, healthier life. And, and as Chief Dubay said, you know, exploit um, or use to its full potential the, the retirement that you've earned over your career. Yeah, absolutely. Because you, you didn't go on medication. You... You were diet and exercise guy, right? Well, so my story was a little bit different. I did, um, as soon as I had that conversation with Dan Vaught, um, I called and set up an appointment with a cardiologist and I went in and my cardiologist at the time actually said, um, I want you to take this medication. And as much as I didn't want to, similar to what Chief Dubay talks about, I kind of thought I'm like, nope, I'm not that guy. You know, I don't need to do that. Um, but I reluctantly went, okay, fine, I'll take a medication. And they put me on a beta blocker. And at the same time, I looked at my lifestyle and I went, my lifestyle has to to change. So um, I got more active and got back into my running and cycling. But being on a beta blocker and trying to do those things, I wasn't able to get my heart rate up past about 90 beats per minute without feeling like I was going to pass out. So for me, what I did was um, I went and I, contrary to what the doctor wanted me to do, I stopped taking the med- medication and I focused strictly on my fitness and what I was eating and my blood pressure dropped. And I went back into the doctor and I said, hey, like I'm doing really great. Um, I'm not taking the medication. And this particular doctor said, 
why would you do that? And I go, because I want to live a healthy lifestyle. And he goes, I'm trying to make your job easier, um, your life easier by giving you one medication that you have to take a day and you don't have to do all those things. And I walked out of that doctor's office and I never went back to that doctor again. Um, I have no issue with taking medications, um, but I also think that it's a combination. You know, for some people it is, it's a genetic thing and they've got to take a medication. There's nothing wrong with that. That's hundred percent okay. Um, but for me, I was able to accomplish that by just changing my lifestyle. Um, so, uh, so yes, I was prescribed medications. Fortunately for me, I didn't have to be on them that long, but if the medications are the ones that would have fixed the problem, I would have no problem right now um, having to use that approach to, you know, exploit my pension in the future or have a, sure. have a healthy lifestyle or, you know, good job. Yeah, and I think w- what we would recommend, just like we recommend to all our patients, is don't don't necessarily change your medication like you did and stop it because of the consequences that could happen. But if you feel like, you know, diet and exercise may help you more and benefit you more, work with that physician to get yourself off that medication and see if that's actually the case. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so I have not always made the wisest health choices for myself. So at, at, by no means am I saying, hey, if a doc- doctor prescribes you something, then change the course without, you know, without talking to them. Um, you know, I, I guess the point what I, for me was I was fortunate enough to be able to fix my problem without having to take medications uh, or continuing to take medications. Um, but, you know, like most of us on this job, I've made some bad decisions with health things in the past. You know, and it could be something as simple as, oh, I hurt myself with a chainsaw. I can fix this at home probably not the best idea because the next thing you know you have a staph infection and <laughs> and then you're then you're like eight months of uh, a treatment when you could have just gone in and and had them clean it and and uh you know been done with it right away so don't look to me for to for medical advice you know definitely talk to the doctors but that was just my you know that was my experience in my story which everybody has sure. a different one all right let's hear deputy chief steve dubay's story so without further ado, let's go to the interview. All right, so let's start our conversation for today. Um, why don't you start with telling us what brought you here? You bet. What brought up the topic? Yeah, so from a health and safety standpoint, Correct. right? Yeah. Yep. So every year um, through our benefits program, one of the benefits that's available to us with our um, primary care physicians is the opportunity to have a full physical every year. Now we don't have one that's through a fire department physician, but with the benefits you can go to your primary care physician and get a physical. And I do every year. And usually I do it at the end of each calendar year, that late November, early December timeframe. So in December of 2020, I went to my primary care physician and at that office, I see a physician's assistant, a PA, a PA, excuse me, and her name is Susie. And so I went in and I had my physical, I had already had the blood work done pre-appointment with Susie 
And so that was already submitted. And I walk in and like as you and everybody else knows, every time you go into the doctor's office, they weigh you, they check your temperature, your blood pressure, your get your SAT, get your baseline vitals, all that good stuff. And so I'm sitting in the office waiting to be called back. I'm called back, I go through all those things. And my blood pressure was a little high that day. It was like 142 over 94. And that was odd for me, That's my blood pressure normally isn't that high. Mm -hmm. And so as I'm going through the physical with Susie, eventually as she's reviewing my information, she says, boy, Steve, your, your blood pressure's up and uh, it's pretty high. And I said, oh, yeah, that's nothing. It's my blood pressure's normally in the low 120s over low 80s, maybe mid 120s over mid 80s on a stressful day. but." But I, you know, gosh, Susie, I really try to take care of myself and, and this is probably just an anomaly. And so she smiled like physicians and physician's assistants do. And said, well, that's nice, Steve, but I think you should get your blood pressure checked on a daily basis. And then let me know in a month what you find, what are the trends. And I was a little frustrated by that. I'm like, yeah, okay. A little frustrated though because I try to take care of myself. Those of you out there in CSFD that know me know I exercise every day before work unless I have a meeting that starts really early. But for all intents and purposes, probably 95% of the time before work, I'm either out for a hike an hour to an hour and a half or ride my mountain bike. And I'll admit that I'm a sissy. I don't like the cold weather. So when it gets down to about 30, 25 to 30, I quit riding my mountain bike because mm -hmm. I'm a sissy. <laughs> and I don't like to be cold. So the rest of the winter I hike. And, um, and I try to eat right. Now like most people, I don't eat perfectly. Um, chocolates are a huge weakness for me. <laughs> but over time, I've cut out a lot of the, over time as I've aged, I've cut out a lot of the sweets that I like to eat. Um, I rarely drink um, soda of any kind. If I have one soda a week, that seems like a lot anymore. Mm -hmm. I haven't salted my own food with table salt since I was in my 20s. Um, so I've tried to do those things to keep myself healthy and to keep my blood pressure down. Mm -hmm. And so I was, you know, thinking, oh, this was a one-off. It was an anomaly. I don't need to check my blood pressure, but okay, I'll humor Susie. Mm -hmm. And so I want to, you know, say thanks to the crews at uh, engine 23 here at the FDC because starting in mid to late December I started going down there as many times a week as I could to get my blood pressure and I was bugging him to say you know let's do it manually this time next time let's do it with the um, monitor defibrillator to do an automatic blood pressure mm -hmm. let's do it in both arms just to compare and see how it's doing well, lo and behold, I start going down there and my blood pressure is pretty well staying in the one low 140s over low 90s. And I thought, wow, that is, that's high, that's too high for me, that's frustrating. I was trying to think of what had changed. Had something changed at work? Had something changed at home? Had th something changed with my routine? And I couldn't honestly find anything. Um, but I was worried about it because as everybody knows, um, blood pressure, high blood pressure, hypertension is known as the silent killer because I felt fine and I was doing the same routine things that I had been doing for years, especially relative to my exercise routine. Mm -hmm. And so 
when I went back and saw Susie, um, and those of you that know me also know that I'm a nerd, so I'm taking all this data, I'm putting it in a spreadsheet, and, and I'm tracking it, and I'm tracking which arm, and whether it's manual automatic, what time of day, I'm going probably beyond more than she wanted sure. to know. But I went back then and, and saw her for my follow-up appointment, and my blood pressure was staying up, and so it was painfully obvious that I needed to go on a blood pressure medicine. Mm -hmm. And I did not want to do that. I did not want to have to be on a medicine. But as I thought about it, the choice became, do I take care of myself with a prescription medicine to lower my blood pressure, or I could keep living with high blood pressure and eventually possibly have all those bad things that might happen. I could have a stroke. I could have a heart attack from having high blood pressure, but not really feeling that bad. Mm -hmm. And so as reluctant as I was to admit to myself that I had high blood pressure, and as reluctant as I was to go on a medication, I realized the choice was go on a medication or possibly have a stroke or a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And that didn't seem like much of a choice at all. And so as I thought about this, and thought about how I've tried to take care of myself by diet, by exercise, um, by trying to manage stress and those types of things, um, that this wasn't maybe an important message to share with many of our firefighters who may or may not know that they have hypertension or high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is February is Heart Health Month. And the International Association of Fire Chiefs in February of 2020 introduced a program that was called, if you don't feel well, don't make it your farewell. Mm -hmm. In other words, if you're feeling lightheaded, if you're um, feeling like you have chest pain or shortness of breath, especially after exertion, then tell somebody about it and have them check you out. We're stubborn, we're EMS professionals, mm -hmm. and we know about this stuff, but we're horrible patients in general, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm a horrible patient, but I thought it was important to share my story and talk to people about if you don't feel well, don't make it your farewell. Mm -hmm. And then I also went back and on the Fire Rescue One website, I found an article from February again of last year during Heart Health Month that talked about five things that firefighters should do to reduce their risk of heart attack. Mm -hmm. And the first thing on this list, Chief White, is to know your blood pressure. Mm -hmm. To regularly check your blood pressure and have it checked, and if it's high, to go to your physician mm -hmm. and identify things you can do to help lower your blood pressure. Second thing was to know your cholesterol numbers. That's another thing for me. Um, in my 20s, I was diagnosed with having low high-density lipoprotein or high-density or HDLs, which is the good cholesterol. Mm -hmm. And we want to keep our overall cholesterol number low, and we want to keep our low-density lipoprotein or the bad cholesterol low. Mm -hmm. We want our HDL number to be high. Mine has always been low. And I have tried over the years many things to correct that and it's never been corrected. It's genetic, but that is a warning sign for a heart attack. So when I thought about this situation in December with my blood pressure being high, and knowing that my HDL is too low, it's a bad combination for me, and so I need to take care of myself. Sure. But having your, your, H, or excuse me, your cholesterol numbers, total cholesterol, 
LDL and HDL, and knowing what those are is critically important for us as well as knowing our blood pressure numbers. The third thing is whether or not somebody has diabetes. Now I'm fortunate, um, I have not been diagnosed either with diabetes or pre-diabetes, but that's something that I watch, and as I mentioned, I know for me, sweets are a weakness, especially chocolate. Sure. And so I try to limit those things mm -hmm. as I can, but, but uh, watching the, the intake of sweets. The next one uh, that's listed, and let me see, there is. Um, the next one that's listed is managing your weight. Um, and again, as many of you know, um, I try to exercise routinely. What, what people don't know, and this is um, probably what, what I should have said rather than talking about basketball, is in my oh, mid to late 30s, I wasn't as diligent with my diet and exercise. Mm -hmm. And at one time, I got up to 240 pounds. Um, and that was the heaviest I ever weighed. When I was in college and playing basketball, small college basketball, um, I played at about 195. Mm -hmm. And so I had put on 45 pounds in less than 20 years and was tipping the scales at about 240. I went into my primary care doc at the time and after standing on the scale and he had his glasses on the end of his nose and he does this, kind of looks at my chart and then he looks at me and he does this. <laughs> he looks at my chart, he looks at me, he does this. He goes, so Steve, your clothes fit me a little tighter? Mm -hmm. Well, that was a wake-up call as well, right? Sure. And so I was 240 pounds and I've worked to get down. So now I fluctuate um, in the upper 190s to about 200. If I get over 200, I know I gotta back that off a little bit. Sure. Um, so now I'm back to about, right at about 198 is my playing weight yeah. these days. And I had, a, I had a similar experience like that too. And I forget, it's when we used to do, um, the, the pinch test, the body mass index, mm -hmm. and I came back as borderline obese, which if you look at me isn't really... Yeah, you wouldn't think, You wouldn't right? think borderline obese, but it was kind of like you said, like a wake-up call, like, well, maybe getting a little pudgy here and there isn't, isn't the best thing for me, and that's something I should continue to watch. So I'm, I'm kind of like you. I, I'm right between 195 and 200 yeah. pretty much all the time. Yeah, so managing weight. And then the last thing that's mentioned for all of us as firefighters is tobacco use and um, either limiting or even better, stopping the use of all forms of tobacco. Mm -hmm. Now, in our fire department, um, I would have a hard time identifying uh, people that are cigarette smokers. I think that's very rare in our organization. Mm -hmm. But what's not rare is the use of chewing tobacco, mm -hmm. right? And so if I go back and flip the pages and talk about if we as firefighters and taking care of our own health know and manage our blood pressure, know what those numbers are, know and manage our cholesterol numbers, monitor our blood sugar for diabetes or pre-diabetes, keep your weight down and don't use tobacco, then maybe we can, um, ha all of us can extend our life and make sure that we get through this very physically demanding, very stressful career so that we can get to retirement, we can exploit the heck out of our pension, use it for many years after mm -hmm. retirement, and do that with good health. Um, and I, I just appreciate the time um, talking about this and my experience, um, and I'm hoping that if this discussion, if one person hears it and they think, you know, I better go get some blood work done or get a physical or check my um, blood pressure, and they identify 
a potential problem and they work to solve that, I think it will have been well worth the time we spent today. And you mentioned a little bit, and I, and I wonder quite often, because it's, it's it'd be a problem with me, um, about pridefulness. Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to admit that something's wrong with me, so I just don't go get a physical, right? Mm -hmm. um, so how do you think that plays into firefighters in general? Is that a common thing or is it just a me thing? Well, I, I do think it's a common thing in the fire service because to stereotype, the vast majority of us are type A personality people, right? Mm -hmm. we're, we're driven, we're focused, um, we're problem solvers, um, but part of that type A personality is that pridefulness that you described. And I absolutely felt that in myself mm -hmm. because as I mentioned, I, I didn't want to admit to myself that maybe I had high blood pressure. And so my thought was, this was an anomaly. Okay, I'll humor Susie and I'll have 23s, check my blood pressure on a regular basis. But lo and behold, that pridefulness was completely wrong mm -hmm. and I do have high blood pressure and I do need to manage it. Sure. And so, you know, a good thing that came out of that was researching the various types of um, hypertensive medications that are out there, the, the different categories and, and what medicines there are and educating myself so that when I went back and talked to Susie, we could have an um, informed discussion about which class of antihypertensive I should be on, what the side effects of those are, short term and long term, and all that. Um, mm -hmm. And setting that pride aside to admit to myself that yeah, I'm not a perfectly healthy mm -hmm. person. I do need to manage my health with my blood pressure and my cholesterol, those two things especially. Mm -hmm. Um, and set that, that darn pride thing aside sure. and admit, you know, kind of look in the mirror and say, hey, you know, you need to take care of yourself. And that also happened, you know, with my physician asking if my clothes were getting a little tighter. And, yeah. you know, they were. Again, I didn't want to admit it, but that's when I started changing my diet and my exercise habits to re-engage that. And, you know, now I'm back down from 240 to closer to 200. Sure. Um, in the... Um discussion of ignoring signs and symptoms. Um, we have had in the past deaths on this job by people that have, we presume, ignored symptoms but had a catastrophic end. And one that it comes to mind is Gene Frick. Mm -hmm. um, that took place while I was in the academy here. You knew him well. Mm -hmm. From what I understand, he was very highly respected, very highly revered as, as a fire captain on this job. Can you maybe tell that story a little mm -hmm. bit to show how it's impacted our fire department? You bet. Um, Chief White, I can think of um, three individuals who suffered a heart attack while they were active in the Colorado Springs Fire Department and died. All of them were off duty, um, and so none of them have been counted as a line of duty death. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's at least one, and I think of, can think of two other people that were both captains that suffered heart attacks um, during my career, but fortunately, um, survived it and went on to manage their health with diet and medications and exercise. But specifically you talked about Captain Frick. So um, Gene Frick was a lieutenant when I got hired and then was subsequently promoted to the rank of captain and you mentioned that he was in fact a very well respected captain. He was at least my height and I'm not that tall remember I'm only 6'3". <laughs> That's right. But he was probably 6'4", 6'5", and a big guy. He was just a you know, a big build, and he didn't, 
lift a lot of weights, but just one of those naturally strong big guys. Very good fire officer, very good firefighter. Um, coming up through the ranks, he had been a driver engineer, um, was known as a very good driver in his day, and then, as mentioned, a well-respected um, senior officer in the organization. Well, uh, one day while you were in the academy, as mentioned, he had worked his shift, and he got off that morning, and you know what, he wasn't feeling well. And he started to go home, but he was still in his uniform, and he thought, you know, I'm going to drive myself to the emergency department. <coughs> Excuse me. And so he was driving from, he was working at Station 1 downtown at the time. When he got off duty, he left the station, and he was driving to Memorial Hospital Central's ED, and he got um, about halfway there, and he had a massive heart attack, and the car came to a stop up against the curb, and somebody saw that erratic kind of driving behavior called 911, and our, one of our engine companies and an ambulance at the time, there were two ambulance companies in town, I don't remember which one responded, but he suffered a massive heart attack. They worked him, transferred him over to uh, Memorial where he passed away. Um, devastating thing for the organization at that time because he was well known and was well respected in the organization. But I would offer this, he was also a cigarette smoker. Mm -hmm. um, and so I couldn't speak to how, what other medical conditions he had or how well he took care of himself, but we do know that he was a smoker. Um, I mentioned there were three people. There was another captain by the name of Dick Harris. Mm -hmm. um, everybody called him Dickie. Um, he also was a smoker, but he was at a meeting, a, a meeting of company officers at our old training building, which was over at Prospect Lake, where um, he suffered a heart attack, passed out, and uh, subsequently died from that. Um, and then we had a driver engineer worked at Station 3 for many, many, many years. His name was Jake Pop. Um, for a long time, we had the Jake Pop Memorial Golf mm -hmm. Tournament um, in honor of Jake. But he was off duty, out of town, and playing racquetball with his son at his son's college when he suffered a massive heart attack and passed away. Mm -hmm. And then there are two other uh, captains that have had heart attacks. Uh, both are reti recently retired, uh, but live to tell about it. Yeah. So it has impacted our organization. Yeah, so the moral of the story, what would you, if you were gonna sum it all up, what would that be? Well, I think the moral of the story is to swallow that pride mm -hmm. and to make sure that we follow these recommendations that are widely known. I think if we asked anybody listening to this or watching this, they know the right things to do, we all do. Mm -hmm. But to swallow our pride, set that aside, and to make it a conscious effort to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Um, so basically, you have the ability to go get physicals at a minimum. You know, there's a lot of lifestyle changes we could talk about, but at a minimum, go get that physical. Use that benefit that the city provides us to go get that physical. So at least you know what, what your strengths and weaknesses are as far as your health is concerned, and you can prevent some of these things from happening in the future. So thank you for coming down yep. and spending some time at the kitchen table and sharing your story. Um, we'll hope to see you again soon. You bet. Thank you very much, Chief White. All right. Take care, everybody. All right, that was our interview with Deputy Chief Steve Dubay talking about 
his medical issue he had recently. So again, I want to thank him for coming in and, and having that uh, kind of that courageous conversation with us. He was, you know, willing to come in and talk to us and, and share what he's gone through with some medical issues and showing that it's not a weakness. And then you're right, it could happen to anybody. He's a great role model for the organization to be able to stand up and and talk about talk about yourself. And um, I, I appreciate hearing that from that level of our organization to know that we're all human, and and it's okay to talk about these things. And um, really, I mean, I, you know, Chief Debate, he's always um, putting the information out there because he truly wants us to be the best person that we can be and uh, you know he's very big on health and safety and um, it was really great just to hear that conversation and hear it come from him yeah it was and and we'd like to point out that you can get an annual physical using your benefits provided by the city so it could should and is at no cost to you so take advantage of that benefit it is a benefit and, and go see your doctor at least once a year and let them take your blood pressure, let them do your blood work and, and see where you're at so you can face some of these health issues head on rather than trying to hide them away or just ignoring them and take the time to do it. You know, Josh is right. You know, we are busy. We are doing a lot of things throughout our day, but take that time, take that hour out of one day a year and, and get that physical so you can get this stuff checked out. Yeah, that was a good realization to me personally, even though I've been through similar things. Like when I look back over the last few years, I go, I haven't taken that opportunity and it's definitely time. Sounds good. Thank you for listening this week. We're going to end with meet CSFD and we're going to meet Steve Dubay, our deputy chief. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you all soon. See ya. Chief Dubay here today. So why don't you introduce yourself to all the people that mm -hmm. don't know you, which seems hard yeah. to believe that they wouldn't know you since you go to every single academy and introduce yourself, <laughs> but maybe they don't really know you. So go ahead and introduce yourself and then tell us the story about how you got into the fire service and yeah. how you got to where you are today. You bet. Well, thank you, Chief White. Um, so as you mentioned, my name is Steve Dubay. I'm currently a deputy fire chief at the Colorado Springs Fire Department and I'm assigned to the Support Services Division. But how did I get here? It's really a, a fun story. I like to tell people that I've grown up in the fire service. Um, I'm originally from the, the greater Detroit area is where I was born. Uh, for those uh, Michiganders out there, I know there's a few in the Colorado Springs Fire Department. I was born at uh, William Beaumont Hospital in Royal Oak, Michigan, uh, which is suburban Detroit. And then I was raised in the Rochester and Troy neighborhoods of the greater um, Detroit area. And when I was in the fourth grade, my father joined the Troy Volunteer Fire Department. And it is a six station, 100% volunteer fire department in suburban Detroit. So since the fourth grade, I have been hanging around fire stations. And mm -hmm. uh, I can remember as a child going to uh, fire station, Troy, Troy Volunteer Fire Department Station 4 and helping wash the fire trucks and clean the station. Um, we used to go there and pull the fire trucks out, pull the personal vehicles in to work on vehicles. Just, you know, grew up playing on fire trucks and running around the fire station. Um, and my dad then uh, later on 
after we moved from the greater Detroit area to Casper, Wyoming, my dad left his job in the trades. He did HVAC uh, for a living, heating, ventilating, and air conditioning. And then uh, in Wyoming, he was a volunteer firefighter and then became a paid firefighter. And so again, after we moved from the Detroit area to the Casper area, I was hanging around fire stations. And a quick story about when I decided I wanted to be a firefighter. I was out running errands with my dad in high school. It was uh, my junior year. And we stopped by his fire station. While we were there, the crew got a call for a mobile home fire really close to the fire station. And it was a small county fire department with limited staffing. So he grabbed his gear, threw it in his personal vehicle, and said, let's go. We're going to go with these guys to the fire. Now, think back. This was in the um, late 70s, early 80s. So we probably wouldn't do that sort of thing now here. Um, and they probably wouldn't do it there either. But we ended up following the fire truck to the to this trailer fire. And it was, it was a we'd say it was a working fire. Mm -hmm. It was, oh my gosh, a fire. From end to end, there was smoke and fire. And so my dad asked me to help him get his PPE on and help him put his SCBA on. I held the SCB up by the straps so he could put it on. And then he donned his face piece and he crawled into the front door of this trailer with fire and smoke blowing out over that door. He crawled in the front door on the hose line to go meet up with the crew. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is what dad does. I've didn't know that. We talked about it at the kitchen table since I was in the fourth grade, but I never really got to see it. And then that really sparked my interest. And um, from that day on, I pretty much figured that I wanted to be a firefighter. Um, and so started out at the city of Casper, Wyoming Fire Department in 1985 for three years. And then in 1988, I moved here to the Colorado Springs Fire Department, started all over. And now I'm starting my 34th year with the Colorado Springs Fire Department. And it's been an absolutely unbelievable and phenomenal career. So 34 years. Um, here. Yeah, when you were at Casper. So just here, 34 years? Yep. How much more in Casper? Three. So you're talking 37 30, years? About 37 years, so yeah. 84? 85. 85. Yep. Did you ride tailboard? Like physically ride tailboard, or was that was that phase? <laughs> so I'm you're kind of trying to date you here yeah. a little bit. Are yeah. you that old? That <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You rode a tailboard. <laughs> so the short answer is in 1985 in Casper, Wyoming. Yes, uh, we were phasing out riding on tailboards, but during our training when we were at fire stations and that station got a call, there was three of us going through training and they wanted us to go get experience. So we would ride the tailboard to calls. Mm -hmm. By the time we got assigned to fire stations, there were enough seats for everybody and on the fire trucks and we didn't ride the tailboard any after that. So just during training, but I, but I did. <laughs> and, to, and to date myself, <laughs> I got on in the early 90s when they were phasing out day boots. Yes. So my first package of PPE included day boots and a longer coat and all that kind of stuff. So I, I, I'm a little bit dated See, on yeah. that too. At some point everybody is though, right? Yeah, that's right. right.